What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Two Minute Drill. This week, we are going into Thanksgiving, so we're going to have a bunch of games on Thanksgiving Day. We'll kind of hit on that a little bit later. But as always, we're going to start out on first down. And this week with me, I do have Brian, David, and John. So I will start with John on, you know, what he took away from this last week in football. Well, I, um, I, I'm surprised by New England. Um, I thought after Tom Brady left there that they would have a real trouble. Um, I think they went eight and eight the season before when Cam Newton was quarterback and the fact that they're seven and four and they're leading the division. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very surprised. I really thought Buffalo would have won that division or would be still in the lead. Um, so that's kind of what I took from the last past week is that. I think as long as New England has um, Coach Belichick as a coach, they're going to do well. So I guess it was just I, what I'm trying to say is I, I guess it was it, it's been interesting to see how even though they don't have Tom Brady anymore, they've taken control of that division. Mm-hmm. Might have taken a year or two, but that they're they're still in you know the thick of it. Yeah, for sure. Buffalo's definitely kind of fallen on their behinds there the past uh, three or four weeks now, but. Uh... What do you got, Brian? Uh, this is a really pretty good week for like uh, backup quarterbacks and quarterbacks that maybe are starters, but they're definitely fighting for their jobs. I mean, you had Hunley; he led the Ravens to a win over the Bears with with 219 yards. You had uh, McCoy, who was 328 yards, two touchdowns, and one of the guys I was most impressed with was uh, Panicky. I think that's how you pronounce it, but from Washington, back to back wins, so good for him. Yeah. I think Heineke's actually going to be the dude going forward. I know that, you know, Fitzpatrick's probably going to come back soon, but Heineke's been playing really well, and he played really well for them in the playoffs last year. So he might be the guy going forward. I don't know if he'll be the guy of the future, but at least for this season. But, yeah, you're right. The backup quarterbacks of this league are a lot better than I think we've seen in the past, and maybe that's just because we've had lots of younger guys who haven't panned out, per se, who are now kind of backup quarterbacks. And but they were still good enough to be drafted, you know, first or second round when they were drafted. Which 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 raises the question: Why did the Browns start Baker Mayfield this week? That is a good question because Case Keenum is probably top two backup quarterback in the league at this point. You know, I, I think don't really got to see Mitchell Trubisky that much, but I think that you know, out of the two of them, those are probably two of the better backup quarterbacks. But that is interesting. I think, uh, question: All Browns fans are thinking right now. I was- Definitely going to bring that up when we talk about the game later because that, that annoyed me. All right, David, which, uh, what's one thing you took away from that? The fact that Kansas City has won two in a row now, and are they the same team as we knew them before? Probably not. But the fact that they're at least starting to win some games back-to-back with the offensive line and defense that they have in how much we've kind of ridiculed them for both over this last year is just, I guess, impressive with their win over Dallas. Cause I think a lot of people probably would have had Dallas win that game, but Kansas City really can't kind of came on top of that one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think they sit at top of their division now, which is like, I think you guys said it in the episode, or maybe it was Brian last week that we were kind of hating on them. And then, uh, now now they're here so it's definitely interesting i think i think maybe he uh 
maybe Patrick Mahomes listened to our episode because I know we're all telling him to start checking the ball down a little bit more and then that, that deep stuff would open up. And, hey, guess what? That's what they've been doing, and that's what's helping them win. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they listen to the podcast. Who knows? But, yeah, it's definitely crazy. And, and their defense has stepped up a lot, especially against that Dallas uh, offense last week. Kind of out of the norm for them. I don't think that they'll be that good going forward. But Dallas just has those games. They lay eggs. But mm-hmm. Moving on to our second topic of first down. You know, one player that everybody kind of wants to watch out for this coming week in football. It could be, uh, you know, NFL or college. We'll go ahead and start with Brian on this. Uh, I'm going to go with OBJ. Uh, he didn't have a great game two weeks ago for the Rams when they lost. They're coming off a of bye week, and everybody wants to watch, see how he does. If it was him that was the problem when he was with the Browns, was the Browns, or if it was Baker Mayfield. So I want to see if you know he's going to step up this week, or if he's going to struggle another week. And also, I want to see if Stafford forces balls to him or not. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think that'll be interesting, especially since he's kind of moved into that that number two spot since uh Robert Woods really tore his ACL in practice. So um, we'll uh, go with uh, John. Who's uh, somebody that you want to look forward to? This- uh, I'm gonna go with Jonathan Taylor for the running back for the Indianapolis Colts. He has thousand yards already. Um, I've been really impressed by him. Um, I'm gonna go with him. Yeah, a lot of people are calling for him to uh, be in the MVP conversation already, which is, I mean, I think we're halfway through the season. You said it, a 1,000 yards. I think he's double-digit touchdowns at this point. I don't know the exact number, but, I mean, that's that's crazy. So if he can, it, you know, do 50% of what he did in the first half, that's still an amazing season. So kind of I, that's definitely somebody that, to watch out for. Who you got, David? I want to look for Josh Allen. The, the Buffalo Bills have been struggling the past, couple weeks they lost as john mentioned before they lost the lead to new england um i want to see if josh allen is the quarterback that we saw and said was an excellent quarterback i want to see if he is able to recover essentially is what i'm trying to get at okay you know what like i think a lot of people want to blame josh allen for the losses but I think you got to look at that coaching staff because they, they don't run the ball. They just ask Josh Allen to throw the ball like 30, 40 times a game. And defenses are starting to pick up on that because, I mean, even last week we had, you know, two really good touchdowns to dig. So the, the connection's there. It's just the teams understand if they load that, you know, what I mean, they're not going to run the ball. So they're just going to rush, you know, three or four guys and drop everybody back out in coverage. And then you're going to continue to get three and outs because all you're going to do is pass the ball. So they got to figure out how to get that run game going. And then teams will have to start to commit. Even if you're not getting any yards, they'll have to commit to stopping the run. And then that way, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, it it lessens the the people who are in, in the backfield there trying to cover for the pass. But And that, I guess that's one thing that we saw really well with the Browns up until majority of their injuries occurred. Mm-hmm. Was majority of the focus was on that run game. Mm-hmm. And it basically complemented the the – the pass game yeah. when they did find win. Yeah, I mean, even even if the run game's not working, you still got to run the ball. Like, you still got to mm-hmm. be like, hey, I'm, I'm at least going to do it. You at least have to try to stop it. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I don't know. For me this week, a player that I want to look out, you know me, I always have to go um, college football at least once my host. And I am looking at C.J. Stroud this week. As an Ohio State fan, playing that team up north this week, 
I am looking for him to have, you know, a statement game. And I know that's crazy because he's already had some some crazy games this year. But I'm looking mm-hmm. for him to have a statement game, a statement win, and kind of solidify that, you know, Heisman, you know, spot there maybe. And, you know, obviously we want the win. So that's that's my guy to watch out for this week in football. Moving on to second down. For topic one, you know, you kind of look around the NFL and there are a few teams that have, you know, like a only like two or three losses at this point, but it just doesn't seem like there's like a clear cut like favorite. It doesn't seem like there's a team that's just, you know, miles ahead of everybody else. It seems like each team is beatable in their own way and each team has lost to another team that you're like, I don't think you should have lost to that team, but you did. So do you guys think there's still a clear cut favorite or is it just when we get to the playoffs, anybody in the playoff can um, not in our, not in the AFC and definitely not in our division. I think it's, there's more of a clear cut favorite in the NFC than there is in any team in any uh, division in the AFC. Uh, my clear cut favorites, the NFC are, um, well, definitely Arizona. I would say Green Bay and maybe Tampa. Okay. But as far as like the, how the AFC is going, yeah. I mean, the Chiefs, like we said before, they were they were struggling in the beginning of the season. Um, the Patriots, I really thought they'd be second or third place in their division. They're not. They're leading it. Uh, you know, I, I think the Bills started off strong, and now the Chiefs are – not the Chiefs. The Patriots are in their leading division, so they've kind of fallen back. The Browns seem like they're good and bad every other week, and along with a lot of other teams in our division, like um, the Bengals – spanked the Ravens one week and then and then it's just it's just I don't know the the AFC is all over the place where I think the NFC there's more clear-cut teams I I I think the AFC has is a better conference because you have so much going back and forth I think our division the AFC North is probably the best division in the NFL just because you, you have this it's just very competitive it's anybody can you know win it but yeah, I, I think there's more clear-cut teams in the NFC. Uh, like I said before, Arizona, Green Bay, and probably Tampa. I'm not, I'm not gonna say Dallas right now because, I, well, I, uh, I, I, I gotta give Dallas, you know, more time to see what they do, and then maybe I'll put them in that category. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Brian, what do you think? Uh, I gotta agree with them on like NFC. There's more of a distinction between teams. AFC, there is so many teams that are you know really close together. A lot of teams that have dropped games lately. They're just surprising, like the Bills, like the um, Titans, like the Rams, like Packers. I mean, so I mean, if I had to pick for NFC, I would say Packers, Cardinals, Rams. And Buccaneers, and if I had to go AFC, I still think the Ravens are probably one of the best teams. Uh, Patriots, I'd say, are the best in the AFC right now, though. Okay, David, what do you think? Uh, I agree with the AFC being a mixed bag of sorts, considering there is no clear cut. But if anyone is clear cut, I'd probably say is Tennessee. Because you have to understand that they lost a big chunk of their offense in Derrick Henry. And when he went down and got the season-ending injury, or what was it, two weeks ago now? Two, three weeks ago? 
they've still been on top of their division. And even to some degree, they're even better to some degree. And I'd probably not just reiterate what the guy has said before about the NFC. I think that I'd agree with them on that front. Yeah, no, like I said, I just tried to pose the question only because, you know, like I said, the past like four weeks, it's just been kind of whoever wins, wins. And we've had some, you're like, I think we even said it before, like this is it's just anybody's week every single week. So, you know, even though, you know, we want to say the Packers and the Cardinals and the Bucks and the Rams are, you know, teams to beat, like they've been beaten, you know, even like, you know, the Bucks were beaten by Washington, you know, the Rams have been beaten the past couple of weeks and Matthew Stafford's looked bad. So I don't know. It, to me, it just seems like when they get into the playoffs, it's going to be anybody's game. And especially with the AFC, like you guys are talking about, because there's at least two <laughs> teams in each division that can make the playoffs. And then when you look at the AFC North, I think all four of those teams can make the playoffs. It just depends on who's going to win each week and how many wins each of those teams are going to get. So, I mean, it, it sounds crazy. And I know Greg would hate it, you know, saying the Bengals can make the playoffs, but they can if, if they go on a win streak there. And you know, they win the division, definitely possible. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, sorry. No, what'd you say? I didn't hear you. I think they have a better shot than the Steelers right now, to be honest. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay. Well, who's who's last in the division there, Browns fan? All right. <laughs> Don't be throwing shade. <laughs> but no, well, yeah. fair here. We'd all be, both the Steelers and the Browns would be tied for last if it wasn't for that freaking tie. Yeah, that, yep. was, that, was, that was bad. I mean, listen, the, you yeah, you tied to the zero and nine or the zero and eight Lions, and you won like four points. It is what it is. The Lions are a good team. They're just they're like a couple plays away from winning a lot of these games. They're just not being able to get it done, and that is what it is. Like, I think honestly, <laughs> they get their first win this week against the Bears, but we'll have to see. But I mean, that's the Lions team is not a bad team. Just, they just can't finish it out at the end. But like, Unless any of you guys have anything else on this topic, we'll kind of move on to the next one. Right. Topic two of second down. We're going to kind of go back and talk about the Patriots. I think we've kind of talked about it a little bit already, but I wanted to pose the question, is Mac Jones the next 20-year guy in New England, or do you only stay for a couple of years? What do you guys think? We'll start with uh, Dave. Possibly. And early indications say yes, being that it is. Bill Belichick, they are in first place and all that. However, let's wait until his second, maybe third year, because like any decent quarterback or good quarterback, they always have a sophomore slump. This could just be the fact that the guy is literally a rookie. No one has had the time to figure him, to figure him out because what he did in college doesn't always necessarily translate into the NFL because the competition levels two very different things. So let's wait until his second or third year to decide if he's the he's the next twenty year guy in New England. Okay. Because early on it says yes, but I'm I'm indifferent until I won't certifiably say yes or no until next at the earliest next year. Okay. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Uh, I gotta agree with David on the. We're gonna have to wait a couple of years before a solid yes. Right now, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, by far and away the best of the five rookie quarterbacks. I mean, going into the draft and everything, everybody was saying 
Trevor Lawrence is a prodigy that's, you know, and they were acting like he was going to turn around the Jags and right in his rookie season and just haven't seen it. Where Mac Jones goes to the Patriots, they have a, they already had a decent setup. Bill Belichick's an evil genius, and they have a great defense. So I would say yes right now. I mean, he's got a 95 QBR in his rookie year, so that's really good for him. Yeah. John, what do you got on this one? I'm going to say yes 100% right now. I agree. Here, 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 here's, here's why. Yes, he's a rookie quarterback, and uh, yes, I, I think he should win rookie of the year. But I think what people forget is the Patriots have a system in place. You know, it's not like the Browns. Like we, like, and this is I, I was talking to my uncle about this about the Browns getting another quarterback next year to replace Baker Mayfield, which I do think that is a mistake. Like they talked about getting Deshaun Watson, they talked about getting Aaron Rodgers, they talked about getting um, I can't think of the third guy. Oh, Matt Ryan. And the difference between like Patriots, the Browns, or the Patriots and other organizations, every year the Browns and these other organizations that don't have a lot of have a lot of long term success in the NFL. I understand the Browns was successful last year, but I'm talking over several years at least, is because we're constantly changing head coaches. We're constantly changing our schemes, both offense and defense. We change general managers. We don't stick with anything. And I think when you bring a quarterback or any player, but especially a quarterback, especially a young quarterback, a one- or two-year quarterback or a rookie, that really affects them. And it makes them help. doesn't help them as far as being able to play at a high level because because every year there's like a, there's a new system. they got to relearn the play, playbooks all the time. Where in the Patriots, they have a proven system and they stick to that system. So I feel like one of the biggest, I mean, yes, Mac Jones has a good defense and he has a good team built around him. And I, and I think Bill Belichick will continue that and, and put more pieces around him, both offense and defense. But I just feel that they have a, a, a proven track record. And, it's, and it, as long as Bill Belichick is there, I could definitely see him being there for 20 years. Now, now obviously, if Bill Belichick has cancer and he dies tomorrow, then, then obviously that would affect everything that I just said. So hopefully that doesn't happen. I don't want to wish somebody dying on anybody. But so that's kind of my my gist of it. Uh, you know, if, 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 if it was the Browns and you asked me, is Baker Mayfield going to be the next guy for 20 years? I'd have a, I'd have a hard time. I mean, I would have a hard time agreeing with that because they, they change things every year. So that that's just how, how I feel. No, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And, and I think that, like, I think it, yes, Belichick being there is going to help him be better for more years to come. But I, I think that that organization, like you said, it is set up for success. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. look at a lot of organizations around the league who have had the same head coach, you know, for a long period of time, whether that's, you know, the Patriots, the Saints, the Steelers, the, the Seahawks, you know, even the Packers had, you know, the same head coach for a really long time. You know, obviously they changed it over, but they were able to find somebody who, you know, they had their ups and downs there and Rodgers is what it is. But he stepped in and he was able to continue, you know, winning at that franchise and everything. So I, I think that, you know, whoever they pick to be that next head coach of that franchise is going to be able to step in and there, there's a culture in place, there's a system in place, and they have a guy who's going to be developed into – you know, probably one of the better pros in the league. And I think, 
you know, I'm not saying he's going to be Tom Brady. And I think somebody said, you know, <laughs> if they were to go draft a guy who was pretty much Tom Brady, they did, you know, the closest they could in that, in that aspect, because he's, you know, he's not like the most mobile and, but he's really good at reading defenses and, and throwing to the open guy and throwing people open. And, and I think he's only going to get better over time. Now, is he going to play for 20 plus years like Tom Brady? I don't think that we're going to really get many more of those guys in the league. I think that that's kind of an anomaly. You know, you look at each sport and there's not many guys who can have that much longevity in the league. But I do think that he plays for the Patriots for a really long time or plays in the league for a really long time. And, and he's a, a, a good quarterback going forward. So, you know, the whole like he's a, you know, David's point that he he's a rookie and there's not much tape out on there on him. but He's like I said, he, he's not much different than your typical hand in the pocket past quarterbacks. You know what I mean? Like, there's really not much to know about him other than that's what he does. He doesn't really move around that much. So, I think he's in the perfect spot because he fits in the perfect system, and and I think he'll be their dude going forward. So, I don't know. Definitely interesting. It, he'll be a guy to watch. I mean, he could he could fall off. I mean, he could start seeing ghosts like Sam Darnold, and then maybe he's on a new team in three years. But, I mean, it is what it is. But I, I think he'll be there for, you know, at least 10, 12 years. Didn't uh, Winston need uh, eye surgery? Well, yeah, he was, like, literally blind. He had he got LASIK. He needed, he, well, he wasn't blind, but he's he needed glasses, and he, he never wore his glasses or contacts on the field. So he was just mm. out there basically not able to see anything. Like, really dumb to me, but I, I don't know. He's not the best, but that, that is what it is. That's the conversation for another day. <laughs> I don't want to get us in trouble. Anyway, topic three of second down. I wanted to have a little bit of fun with this because it is Thanksgiving week, and I kind of wanted to get everybody's favorite memory from Thanksgiving Day football over their lifetime. And, you know, I'll kind of go first, and I'll let the guys go after that. But I remember sitting there and, you know, watching the infamous butt fumble. And um, that's one of my favorite moments <laughs> from Thanksgiving, watching uh, Martin Sanchez there just um, just run into his offensive lineman's own butt and fumble the ball. And I think that, uh, that's infamous. He'll never be able to live that down, and he should just – Let's uh, be honest. Let's be honest here for a second. That probably ended his career from there on out. Yeah, it wasn't – I don't know if he able to recover from that, but um, – <laughs> Let's go ahead and start with John. What's one of your favorite Thanksgiving Day football moments or memories? Uh, you know, I don't really have a particular moment. I would say it's more broad or general. I just I just like to spend time with family. Um, I, I think that, I don't know if I should say this on a, a sports show because like it's, this is what we do sports, but I just feel like the, the most important thing when it comes to Thanksgiving and your family is your family, not exactly the play or not the play exactly the game i think we kind of as a society and i do this to get a little bit too caught up in 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 sports and entertainment and media and i think that thanksgiving or any even christmas is, is about spending time with family not so much about who's playing on on thanksgiving so uh, like i said I'll, I'll watch the football games and, and i'll enjoy them but I just think the most, the, the, my, my biggest memory of Thanksgiving is kind of focusing on, you know, what, what really matters and that's family and, and spending time with your family. And, Cause you, you know, I, to me, that's, 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 I think that's what the holidays are for. Yeah, for sure. Getting together, eating food, having fun, spending time with family that you don't normally get to spend time with or, or just spending more time with people you do spend time with. And, 
you know, the, the football is an added bonus and some funny moments or some cool memories. And that is, that's, like I said, it's on top of the pie there. So, um, Brian, do you have any favorite memories from Thanksgiving Day football? I ain't going to lie. I kind of hate you because I was going with the butt fumble too. Because, I mean, that's just, okay, that was legendary. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of forgot that was on Thanksgiving Day, to be honest. It's, it, hey, that's, that's probably like, I mean, I guess maybe in our, our lifetime, that's probably one of the, the most iconic things from Thanksgiving Day football. You know, I mean, I don't want to say it, so far in our lifetime. I mean, we still got hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, 56 years to live, but I mean, that's, that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> what about you, David? Yeah, I'm kind of with John in the sense that I don't particularly have an exact memory of, uh, Thanksgiving Day football because it was mostly just hanging out with family, uh, any friends you bring along as well. And if you bond over Thanksgiving Day football, perfect. That's just like you said before, it was an added bonus. I mean, sometimes we watch the football game. Sometimes we, we would watch a movie if we didn't feel like watching the game itself. So it was just whether you bonded over the Thanksgiving Day football game or not. So that's what it was for me, at least. Okay. Heck yeah. Yeah. Again, hang out with family, have fun, enjoy watching some sports. That kind of comes second. But moving on to third down, we're going to break down the game of the week from last week, and that was the Browns versus the Lions. So obviously that game ended in a 13-10 to 10 win for the Browns. What did you guys, you know, think about that game? Do you have any uh, thoughts or anything outside of that? Uh, we'll start with Brian. Well, we already brought it up earlier, and even before the game started, Browns should have definitely sat Baker. I mean, especially when they found out that Detroit was starting with their backup quarterback because Goff was injured. I mean, right when you found that out, you should have sat Baker because, I mean, seeing him on the field, he was limping around. He was... uh inaccurate and it just was not a good game for either to be honest I mean Cleveland's defense held the Lions for the first half and then the second half they just started falling apart let them catch up and get back in the game for uh the Lions backup quarterback Boyle I mean first start I mean he was held to under 100 yards through two picks so wasn't a great game for him either yeah for sure uh David what do you got on this game? It was a basically ugly slugfest, I guess you could say, in that sense. And it's like, we've said this for the last, like, four weeks now, but they should sit Baker Mayfield because it brings back to the point of, if this guy is your future, at least for the near, for the very near future, you need to protect the guy. The guy's hurt. The guy's limping around. It's like he's limping around like a bad day on Monday or something like that. And if I recall, he he didn't even talk to the media afterwards. It was that bad of a game. Correct. And this guy loves being in the media to some degree. He loves being in that limelight. So for the fact that he didn't even stay and talk to the media just tells you how either – one, how bad the game was for him, or two, how hurt he is, like physically, not maybe not emotionally, because I, I don't know that side, 
Um, so I can't really speak on that, but physically he's really hurt and should be sitting. So it, while I'm glad that it was a win and a win is a win, you really should be sitting Baker. Maybe. I think honestly, you probably should shut it down for, you know, at least two or three weeks, if not the season, because he's probably hurting his future more than anything at this point. I mean, I know they want to win games, but you either go with him who's banged up or you go with Case Keenum. So, I mean, it's at, at that point, a banged up Baker Mayfield's probably on the same level as a Case Keenum. So, But either way, you could still win games with Case Keenum. He's already proven that he can, with yeah. a decent system, he can do decently, at least give you a chance. For sure. Honestly, I would argue that in that game, Keenum would have played better than Baker with how banged up he is. And I mean, you I agree. I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. Um, John, you have any like final thoughts on how you felt this game went? Um, going off of what the other guy said. You know, I I didn't want to say this because I I thought about this before the season even started. I do not think even the beginning of the season that the Browns were a Super Bowl contender, and I think the the Detroit game shows that. I think whether they had Baker Mayfield as a starting quarterback or Chase Keenum as a starting quarterback. Either one that I think they should have blown out the Lions. It was at home. They had Chubb. He was back. I mean, from what I didn't see the game because I was at work, but from what I read and from what I looked on the highlights, Chubb basically saved the game for us. But the fact that we took a team that has what one half a game because the ties, I guess you'd call that maybe a half a win. And it was at home, and the, the, the Detroit had a backup quarterback. And the fact that we only won by three points. Yes, I understand it's a win. Yes, I understand, you know, Baker Mayfield's banged up. But the fact that we didn't blow these guys out of the water, I think just proves my point that the Browns are a decent team, but I don't think they're this elite team to win a Super Bowl or to be in a Super Bowl that people predicted, in the, you know, before the season started. Uh, I said something about last week about um oh when we were talking about what's going on with the browns the question was you know what the what the hell is wrong with the browns and i went with the situation i think it's just hype i think we're just way over hyped and i think it's gotten to our heads um you know if you're going to be an elite football team you got to show that you can be an elite football team and the fact that they took the worst team in the league and just beat them by three points I just, I don't know. It's it's so discouraging. Um, but I just, I, I really, really, really thought that they would have just blown out the Lions. And the fact that they did not blow out the Lions, I think kind of just proves what I've been reiterating is that they're, they're, they're not, they're not a Super Bowl team. Well, I think they might make playoffs, maybe win a playoff game, but I just, I just don't see it. I think injuries are, are a big are a big part of team's success or non-success this year. And, and the Browns, on paper, when you looked at them at the beginning of the season, you thought that's a team that could win the division and that's a team that could make a pretty good run in the playoffs. But you know, I think they have to figure out what their future is You know, with Baker and, and whether or not he is their future. Because if he is, I think they shut him down, let him get healthy, and then come back out next season and try to do something. And if he's not, then let him, let him keep trotting himself out there and hurting himself more, and, and that is what it is. But we'll have to kind of see what they do going forward and, you know, how he plays going forward because they have, they're have they kind of getting into the meat of division play here at the second half of the, of the season. So we'll see what they look like. 
Moving on to fourth down, normally we break down one game, but like I said, it is Thanksgiving week, so I was trying to do things a little bit differently. Obviously, on Thanksgiving, we have a Bears versus Lions game, Raiders versus Cowboys, and Bills versus Saints. So I wanted to get the guys' opinion on which one of these games they thought would be you know, the best game to watch or, or the just the best game. David, what do you think? This is a little hard to say because record-wise, all the teams are relatively close in terms of record. But if I had to choose one that I wanted to look forward to, it'd probably be the Bills-Saints game. And mainly because it's like it comes back to my point with Josh Allen. It's like I want to see him do well. I want to see the Buffalo Bills make the playoffs, heck, even the Super Bowl. I want that to happen. I want them to finally break the curse of the four-peat Super Bowl run and not winning a single Super Bowl. For me, it's going to be the Bills and Saints game just to see how Josh Allen and the team in the Bills did. Okay. Brian, uh, what game are you looking forward to watching? Uh, this one might be a little bit odd, but I'm kind of looking forward to the Bears-Lions game. I mean, they're not... <laughs> They're they're not very good teams, but I mean, if if Goff is starting for the Lions, I mean, I think it could be a really cool, fun game to watch. Real mm-hmm. close. I mean, Justin Fields still struggling as a rookie a little bit, hasn't really gotten that offense moving. The Lions have been a sneaky team. I mean, they should have beaten the Ravens. They well, honestly probably should have beaten the Steelers and the Browns. Just being honest, probably because mm-hmm. they're struggling. But you know, I mean. I, I think it could be a fun game to watch. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. John, do you and have a game? Top of that, they, they have nothing to lose anyway, so. Yeah. John, do you have a game that you, you uh, want to watch over the other ones? Well, I, I was going to go with the Bills and Saints. One, because the Bills uh, – not the Bills. The Saints just lost their quarterback. I and mean, then it juiced up. They lost him earlier this season. Uh, I think it torn ACL. And I, I, I wanted to go with the Bills, but I feel like they got to win this game, get back in the division because the Patriots are leading right now. But instead of doing that, I'm going to go with the um, Las Vegas Dallas Cowboys. And I, I, I normally am like a more of a defensive person, which is ironic because I played receiver in high school. But like if I play a Madden team, I like to like have a low scoring game. Mm-hmm. I, I just that's what I prefer. Or if I go watch a, a show, an NFL game, I like to watch a low-scoring game. A lot of big heads, a big defensive game. So I'm not really into shootouts, but I think this game's going to be a shootout. Okay. You know, I, I definitely agree with that. You know, like Brian said, Lions-Bears. And, like, I think it, if you want a game that's going to be, like, I don't want to say funny to watch, but, like, just, like, more of an undisciplined, like, funny kind of, like, just relaxed game to watch, you know, start off the day. I think that's going to be the game to watch because there's going to be mistakes made. There's going to be like crazy plays that are going to get loose because both of these teams just, they play hard, but they're, you know what I mean? It is what it is. They're, they're more bottom, bottom of the league teams. You know, obviously the Lions should have probably gotten a couple more wins, you know, or some, some wins that they don't have, but I think that'll be like more of like a, a kind of fun game to watch. But I do agree that the, the Cowboys Raiders are probably going to be like the premier game to watch there because both of those teams, they can score the ball. Now, the Raiders are a little rough on scoring because they don't have rugs anymore, but, I mean, they, they can still move the ball down the field, and, and I think that defense is pretty is pretty good for the, the Raiders as well. So that'll be something to watch. And then, obviously, you get to watch Diggs on Thanksgiving, who I think is 
you know, third right now in defensive player of the year, voting right behind, you know, Miles Garrett and TJ Watt. But I just, yeah, I don't know. That's that, that should be a fun game to watch. And then the Bills and the Saints, it, it is what it is. Those are two teams that I think the Saints are kind of just, you know, clawing to stay in playoff contention. I don't think they're going to get there. And the Bills are just trying to get right because they haven't been the past like three or four weeks. So it'll be a fun Thanksgiving day. So it's a fun little uh, roster game there. But moving back. Yeah, we, we may never know. The Detroit Lions and Chicago game might lead to another butt fumble. I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> another another iconic moment in uh, Thanksgiving Day history. <laughs> that'll be – that that'll that'll be fun. I, like I said, I, I think that's going to be the game to watch if you want to have like a couple good giggles or a couple good laughs. You know what I mean? <laughs> before you before you get kind of full and sit down and and uh and watch some of the more other games, you're gonna have a little bit more. <laughs> but moving into our two point conversion, we're gonna start off as always with our one prediction for this week in football. I'm gonna go ahead and let Brian start this. Uh, I'm going to. Go ahead and predict just based on how beat up we've already said the Browns are. Ravens are going to win by a lot. I mean, the wow. Browns defense just, it hasn't been clicking like you would think it has. Baker's hurt. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if Keenum ends up going in there. David, what's your prediction? Uh, I'm predicting that the Panthers go 500 this week. Uh, they got Cam Newton back. They did pretty decent under him uh, last week. Uh, so, and we kind of covered it last, uh, in the last week's episode. So, uh, I think that they go 500 this week. Okay. All right. Any, uh, prediction for this week, John? Uh, Diggs for the Dallas Cowboys wins the turkey on Thanksgiving. I think it's like the player of the game. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. He's definitely one of their most electrifying you know, players, I guess. You know, it's pretty- Does he have like 10 picks or something like that? It's something crazy. It's still, it's, yeah. Is that seven or? It, I think it's more than that. Did he get, did he get another one last week? I don't know. I, I thought he had like 10 interceptions so far this year. Yeah. And we'll have to, we'll have to fact check that one and then, uh, then get back to everybody. <laughs> but while David's looking that up, I think for me, something to watch out for this week is just the amount of games <laughs> that are kind of like bottom of the league teams against, you know, other bottom of the league teams, you know, obviously you have the jets and the Texans and um, giants, Eagles, obviously bears, lions. Like I think those are going to be some fun games to watch because those are teams that are kind of at this point in the season, they're just trying to get a win and build towards the future. So I think those are going to be games where we're going to see, you know, a few like, really crazy fun plays that kind of come out during this this part of the season when you get some of those lower um standing teams there because they, they just have nothing to lose so the quarterbacks are going to be throwing deep balls the running backs are going to be trying to do what they can do and defensive players are going to be trying to get loose so it'll be those, those will be some i know it doesn't seem like they'll be fun games to watch but those should be some fun games to watch because like i said they have nothing to lose they're just trying to win their next game improve get better and then go into next season and and uh continue to rebuild you know, I know the Jets and the Giants have been serious, but <laughs> it is what it is. And some of them are the best games. Yeah. So, uh, real quick, it is eight total interceptions for uh, Diggs. Okay. That's got to be leading the league, isn't it? it? It's definitely up there. So, yeah, okay. that I didn't look up. I think, I think he does have the most because, like I said, outside of, like, when you look at, like, what Miles Garrett has been able to do sack-wise along with T.J. Watt, like, 
I think those guys are both averaging, you know, like one point something sacks a game. And then Diggs is averaging like almost an interception a point. So it's definitely crazy. Those those guys are those guys are having fun on defense and <laughs> and uh quarterbacks are not sleeping well the night before they gotta play him. So but mm-hmm. moving into our final topic of this episode is gonna be one of our more fun things that we get to do is our football trivia section here. And again, sticking with the Thanksgiving, you know, day football trend. This is a um a short one, but let's see if you guys can get it. There is only one team in the NFL who has never played on Thanksgiving Day. Who is that one team? Is it the Cleveland Browns? Nope. Hmm. Jaguars. Yep, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, I would have said I would have said uh, Texans because they haven't been around for that long. Yeah, it's the, that's the only reason why I'm picking Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, and that 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 is because they've only been around since '95, I believe. So that was that was the reason. But they're the only team that hasn't gotten to play on Thanksgiving Day. So and... <laughs> the Texans started 2002. That would have been my guess. Mm. I think I think that yeah, because it was it was saying that Jacksonville Jaguars have. Never played, and then the Carolina Panthers made their first franchise appearance in 2015. So prior to 2015, it looked like it was the Carolina Panthers and the Jaguars who had never played. So because mm-hmm. I think the the Texans played when they had Bortles as their quarterback, 2010. If I'm correct, I don't know, but that is interesting. I think Brian's gotten a couple of them now right off the bat. So <laughs> maybe he's uh. I think I got like half a point on one. Yeah, well, like that. No, we don't we don't count half a point. <laughs> but thank you guys so much. You know, obviously, happy holidays going forward. Um, be on the lookout. We might have a little bit of a different, you know, posting schedule here, recording schedule for us um, going into the holidays because obviously it's the holidays. But we are going to still try to continue to put out content for all of you guys. Let us know if there's something specific you guys would like us to hit on going forward um, for the holidays, if there's different events um, in sports you guys would like us to talk about, definitely comment on our posts. And again, thank you to the guys, David, Brian, and Sean. As always, you guys are amazing. I love hearing what you guys have to say about football and what you guys say going forward because we still have a lot of weeks of football left. So (laughs) it'll be fun. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, thank you guys so much. We'll continue to keep doing this. And as always, this was Two Minute Drill presented by Deep Dive Sports. Until next time. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sport on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any update. And please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next. As always, we are Deep Dive Sports. Until next time.